Ketubot Taf Nun Vav. The last thing we're discussing was we learned in the Mishnah that according to Bil Azab and Azariah, that a woman is govet the entire ketubah with the tosefet only after they were actually married. And we saw Mahloket Rav and Rabbi Natan. One said the halachas like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. One said the halachas not like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. And we originally thought that Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's reason is because we mamash go after what the person's intent was. And his intent was to give her all this after they're married. And we want to say Rabbi Natan was like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah and Rav was not like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. And ended up saying that it wasn't clear who was like who because you could really say that Rav and Rabbi Natan both go by the person's intent. The one who says, like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, that, way you do, that the Ketubah really only takes effect after marriage, I understand. And according to the one who said, Halakha is not like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, it's because they wanted to get closer, and after engagement, they were closer. And therefore, she could get her Ketubah after engagement. And with that, we're going to start, Nunvav Amud Aleph, four lines in it, towards the end of the line. Yativ Rav Hanina Kamed Rabbi Anai. Rav Hanina uh, sat in front of Rabbi Anai, Vekamar. And he said, Halakha kirbi l'azab ben azariah. And Amr then Rabbi Anay told of Haninam, Pukere kirach, but I'll go teach this outside. Meaning you're wrong. And halakha kirbi l'azab ben azariah. The halakha is not like him. And Amar of Yitzhak bar avdimi mishum rabbenu. He's in the name of rabbenu. Rashi says it's rav. Tosfot says it can't be. Rather it's rabbi. Halakha kirbi l'azab ben azariah. And Amar of Nachman, Amar shumar halakha kirbi l'azab ben azariah. And Amar of Nachman, he himself said, Amar en halakha kirbi l'azab ben azariah. And even though Rav cursed and said, He said, any Dayan who judges like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, so and so will happen to him. Whatever he said, still, that you only go there after uh, wedding, after Nisu'in. So now, let's say they had a chupa, they were in the dancing, she was still not nival, what's the halakha over there? Does she get that tosefetik tuba or not? Meaning there was a marriage, there was a chupa and everything. So let's say they finished the chupa, everyone's inside dancing, she was still not nival. Does she get that tosefetik tuba? Does she get her tuba or not? Do we say hibat hupakona or hibat biakona? What makes her get that uh, that whole entire ketubah? Is it the fact that there was a hupa or is it the fact that there was a bia? So Tashema, the Taner of Yosef, of Yosef explains shelokatav la'elal hibat la'ila rishon. That Rabbi Azab and Azayah's reason is really that he only wrote her that extra in the, in the ketubah is for the, that uh, love, that happiness of that first night. Now, if you want to say that it's the, the chupah, that's why it's the first night. It's all about the bi'ah. Then why is it the first night? The bi'ah is only on the first night. There's no other bi'ah afterwards. So then the Gemara pushes back. Okay, if the, then what's the perush of Chibat Laila Rishon? Chupa, you want to say it's Chupa? Chupa Balala Ita Bimama. Later, you want to say that Chupa is only in, in at night. There's no such thing as a Chupa during the day. You can't get married during the day. Ultamech. Okay, so the Gemara pushes back. Wait, according, if, if that's your logic, right? Because of that word Laila, then Bia Balala Ita Bimama. Later, you want to say there's only Bia at night, not during the day. Ha'amarava, we know the famous Rava. Imaya, Bibaita, Fel Mutar. That if they're in a dark house, people are allowed to be together, even be out during the day. The Gemara says, yeah, but halakashia, that's not a, that's not a question, because the, the, the normal way. 
the normal way is Bi'az at night. So the Gemara explains, yeah, even Chupa is not a question why. The whole reason of Chupa is for the Bi'ah, that's the whole goal, right? Then, then okay, we're just explaining that the normal way, that we do Chupa at night. And the Halakha said, that you shouldn't even go through this, that uh, really it's a Chibat Chupa. Once there was a Chupa, even if there was no Bi'ah yet, she is Gove everything. And there's a famous Rabbi Akiva Eger, he, he goes into the whole sugya, should a chupa be at night or during the day, is it okay also? Very good, I look into that sugya. Let's say they went down the aisle, there was a chupa, but all of a sudden she's a, she's a nida. And then uh, the guy dies. Mao, what would be the halakha of it? Does she get that to tuba or not? If you say it's all about the, the love of the chupa, uh, that's maybe if it's a chupa that the goal is or it's going to end off with the, with the bi'ah but if it's a chupa that they're not going to end up being together because she's an ida maybe not kone or maybe loshana maybe at the end of the day chupa is chupa if the chupa works I don't care if she's an ida or not and she should get everything take on the minds off we don't know now the Mishnah mentioned Rabbi Uda's loophole Rabbi Uda says uh, a person could write a betula 200, she could give him back a receipt that she got 100, and therefore the ketuba is only 100, not 200. And he could do the same thing with the almana, write that 100, and she could give him a receipt that she, she wrote 50, and everything is okay. We'll call that Rabbi Uda's loophole. So the Gemara asks, Does Rabbi Uda really hold that you need to write a receipt when paying back something that you owe? We learned that if a person who paid back some of his loan, you got to rip up the contract, write a new contract, you don't need a receipt. Rabbi Yossi said, it's enough that you just have a receipt and that's good enough. So if this person comes to you with a uh, with, with the contract that says you're 100, you show that you paid back 50, that's good enough. So you see Rabbi Yudah is the one who says you don't need a, a, a receipt. So why over here by Ketubah he likes that receipt idea? So Amar Birmiyah, he's explained that our Mishnah is talking about that the Ketubah itself has the, the receipt, meaning it says that she, she is a betulash, the Ketubah is 200, he already gave her 100, so, so you see that uh, the receipt is right there in the Ketubah. And the Ritabah reminds us that uh, that extra piece has to be before the witness's sign. Anything written after the witness's sign is worthless. So it says that he owed her 100, she, uh, he already paid her 50, What's uh, whatever the total balance is 50, and then the witness is signed, that's okay. And Abaye, he brings in a different answer. Abaye Amar, even if uh, you don't have all this written in the Ketubah itself, you could say there's a difference between what Rabbi Uda holds in regards to Ketubah, where he doesn't mind if there's a receipt, and uh, and by a loan. Because Bishla Mahatam, I understand over there, by a loan, Vadai Parai, the man paid him back, and he wrote him up a receipt. And what he's scared of is, Dilma Mirkaste Barta, maybe that receipt will get lost. And Umapi Shara, and the lender is going to pull out this contract, he's going to make him pay all over again. Therefore, Rabbi Uda says, rip it up and write in a new contract for half the price. Ha'cha, over here by Ketubah, Vadayava, did he for sure give it to her? All she's doing is just forgiving her half of the Ketubah. Therefore, 
Inatre, inatre. If you watched over it, okay, you watched over it. You're again. Ilo inatre. If the husband didn't watch over it, it's his loss. He made himself loss. And the Gemara wants to understand something a little bit deeper. I understand why Abaye didn't want to say like where the, the receipt was in the Ketubah itself because because the Mishnah didn't say that the receipt is in the Ketubah itself. So Abaye didn't want to make a Hidush in what the Mishnah means. He didn't want to change Pshat. But why didn't you say like Abaye where we're talking about just words and the receipt is going on the mehila, not on the paying back. And maybe Rabbi Yehuda would agree that when we're forgiving, okay, then you write up a receipt. So the Gemara explains that the reason Rabbi Yehuda didn't want to say that according to Rabbi Yehuda, because Rabbi Yehuda holds you don't write up a receipt over here when forgiving the Ketubah because you might come to, uh, to write a receipt for in a regular case of a loan and over there the person might lose the receipt and then you'll put out the contract you'll make him uh, fully pay even though you already paid half so therefore just not to mix up cases therefore he doesn't like the whole receipt idea now the Gemara wants to be Medeyek a little bit further in our Mishnah it said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, she writes him uh, that she accepted already half her Ketubah whatever she accepted so Tama de Chatvale it sounds like the reason is because uh, she writes in that contract that she already accepted it Aval Alpe but if it was done by heart without uh, her writing it then it doesn't work it just becomes a condition and they're like sort of writing a condition against the Ketubah the Ketubah says 100 they're saying 50 so now Amai so the question is why can't they do this by heart why does it have to be written? With something that is just money. And we heard the say, If a person made a condition, even though it's going against the Torah, and it has to do with money, then it counts. The, the, the condition stands. The Braita says, You are sanctified unto me. You don't have, I'm not obligated to give you She'er means food, Kesut clothing, and Ona means Tashmish. The Kiddushin stands, but your condition does not stand, the very meaning your Mekudash and your Hayav and everything. It has to do with money, like the food, like the, the clothing, then the condition stands. Uh, it doesn't stand when it comes to uh, Ona because that's uh, bodily pain. Bodily pain, you have to, you, you can't be mohel something like that. So now the question is, if it's, if the Ketubah is something that has to do with money, so why can't she be mohel by heart, or at least just say the words that she's mohel on her Ketubah money, why does she have to write it down? The Chora, she could make a condition that she forgives uh, half her Ketubah money. What's the problem? Why does she have to write it down? So the Gemara explains, Kasabara Biyuda, Ketubah de Rabbanan, Biyuda really held that Ketubah is from the rabbis. Ha'chamim asur chizuk ledivrehem yoter mishel Torah. Ha'chamim strengthened their takana, whatever they decreed, more than a regular decree of the Torah. So this way people won't take it lightly. So therefore, in general, when someone makes a condition against uh, something that has to do with money and it's from the Torah, then the condition stands according to Yehuda. But when it comes to something that's derabanan, like the Ketubah, then his condition will be negated. The condition doesn't stand. So the Gemara asks, Hare Perot, what about Perot, fruits? 
A woman brought assets into a marriage. Let's say she bought land. The husband has permission to eat the fruits. And that's the uh, Rabbanan. Chachamim didn't make any chizuk. So if the husband says, I'm mohel you on all these fruits that I'm going to eat, then Chachamim didn't say that, oh, this is uh, has the, uh, the condition of the ketubah and you can't go against it. Bitnan. Because we have a Mishnah that says if a person wrote to his wife, I have no connection to any of your assets, I'm not going to eat them, I'm not going to eat the fruits. So he's mohel. Rabbi Uda Omer, le'olam mohel pere perot, he could even eat the fruits of the fruits. He can even take the money of those apples and go buy land with it. Until he writes, until he actually writes there, I have no connection, I have nothing to do with any of your assets, their fruits, the fruits of the fruits, until forever. If you wrote that, then okay, then you don't have a right to the fruits. And we all know, my kotev, what does kotev mean? Omer, just uh, saying it, not actually writing it. So bottom line is you see that a person can make a condition by heart where he's mohel, the, the fruits of the, the assets that are coming in, even though it's only takana de rabanan. And we don't say that hachamim made a hizuk to their words, and therefore his condition will be batel. So Abaye explains, Amar Abaye, lakol yesh ketubah. Every woman has a ketubah, velo lakol yesh perot. Not every woman brings in, fru- uh, brings in uh, assets to the marriage through a dowry. Uh, therefore, not everyone has fruits to eat. Miltadish something that is common, like the ketubah, Abdu Barabanan Chizuk Hachamim made a chizuk, and she cannot be mohild that part of her ketubah. Something that is not so common, like a woman bringing the, all different types of assets into the marriage where he's going on to only eat the fruits. Hachamim didn't make a chizuk, and therefore, if the husband's mohel the fruits, then okay, fine, that counts. So now the Gemara asks, Let's look at the people who bring merchandise on donkeys from one country to the other. It's a very common thing. Hachamim didn't make a chizuk over there by something common. We learned, Hamarim are people who bring merchandise on donkeys. Now, a lot of times they're Hamar Aratzot. And uh, their food is demai, and anyone who buys it from them, they have to give trumot and ma'asrot midrabanan. So, hamarin shenichnesu la'ir. They came to the city. Amare had men. One of them said, "Sheli hadash. My stuff is hadash. It's from the new crop. Veshel haveri yashan. And my friend has uh, the old stuff. Mine is still wet. His is not. She brings another pirush like yashan, like kemach yashan sort of thing, but he pushes that away." Or let's say he said, "Shali eno metukan." I didn't take a masrot. Veshel haveri metukan. My friend did give masrot. We don't believe them because we're always worried that they're going to cover one for the other. He's going to say this guy's stuff is better in this town. The other guy's going to do it for him in the other town. And Rabbi Uda Omer neemanin. Rabbi Uda says, "No, they're trusted." We're not worried that they're going to cover for one another. And even though Hayyuv Ma'asrot demise only the Rabbanan, Hachamim didn't make a Hizuk according to him that we shouldn't believe them. So like my answer is, Amar Hizuk. If it's a decree or a Takara Hachamim made uh, for something that is certain, then Hachamim made a Hizuk to their words. They strengthened their words. However, Safek the Divrim, something that's only a, we're not so sure it's a doubt on a Dirabanan, 
For example, over here with the demai, lo avdura banan chizuk. Hachamim didn't make a chizuk. Another answer, Rabba Amar bidemai hekelu. Hachamim were more lenient with demai since most of Amaratzot actually give their trumot and maasrot, and we're only just worried that maybe they didn't. Therefore, Hachamim didn't make a chizuk by demai. So don't bring me proof from demai. Next, we learned in the Mishnah that Rabbi Meir Omer kol apohet. Anything less than 200 for a betula and 100 for a be'ula is be'ilad znut. And the, the, the Gemara is medayek. It says, anything less. It sounds like, even if they made a condition that he's going to give her less, it's still be'ilad znut. It sounds like, according to Rabbi Meir, that condition is batel. And she has the 200. And when he told her only one mane, she's not relying on that. And you have to say that his ba'ila with her is ba'ila zinut. Because she's niv'al, not uh, on, on the condition that of her ketubah. She's thinking one thing, he's thinking another thing, and therefore it's ba'ila zinut. Now the problem is, how could you say, according to the Bimeir, that the condition is batel, that the condition is negated, because he's making condition against the Torah? We heard the Bimeir himself, that if a person makes a condition against the Torah, his condition is no good. That means if it's a derabanan like by the Ketubah, then it should stand. So then why is it that if he said less than 200 or 100, then it's Be'ilad Znut? The Gemara says, no, because Rabbi Meir holds that the Ketubah is the Oraita. And Tanya, Rabbi Meir says, less than 200, less than 100, that's a Be'ilad Znut, the condition is not a condition. Rabbi Yossi Omer Rashai, Rabbi Yossi says you're allowed to do less than 100-200, even if uh, she was uh, she forgave it by heart. Rabbi Yuda Omer Ratzah Kotev, Libtula Sheta Shel Matayim. Rabbi Yuda said, look, you could write a, 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 a ketubah to a betula for 200. V'hi Kotev, Etloit Kabati Mechaman, and she could write, I already accepted 100, she could write him a receipt that she already took, uh, got half of it. Olamana, Mane, V'hi Kotev, Etloit Kabati Mechaman, Hamishim Zuz. And for Namana, he could write 100 zoos and she could write him a receipt that he already gave back 50. And according to the view, that as long as it's all written, it's okay. But by heart, you can't uh, forgive it. So the Gemara asks, And Rabbi Yossi really allows uh, the, the husband to write less than what we, uh, the standard Ketubah is, 200, 100. Or mean he? And Ketubah we don't set aside movable objects in, for a woman's ketubah because of uh, fixing the world, the betterment of the world. We don't want it to get lost. We don't want it to go down in value. And the woman's going to lose. So, and Amar bezo. What fixing of the world is over here that we don't set aside movable objects? There's no set amount to these movable objects and they go down in value. And the Gemara is going to explain what just happened here. Tanakama Nami and Osin Kamara. Tanakama said we don't put aside movable objects for a ketubah because they might go down in price. So, what's the argument? 
Isn't this what Tanakama means? We don't set aside movable objects. What are we talking about? If the husband didn't accept upon himself, that if he gets lost, then he's going to set aside something else to give her. But if he accepted responsibility, that if anything happens to this movable object, he's going to give her something else, then all seen. Then we, we, we could set aside the movable object for this woman's ketubah. Steps in and he argues on Tanakama and he says, Just because he accepted responsibility, just in case he gets lost, he's going to give us something else. Why you let her do that? There's no set uh, amount for this movable object, it could go up and down in price, it could get lost, and uh, therefore it's a bad idea. Now, this is where the question is over there by setting aside movable objects for a ketubah. Which is only the deal, they were only worried maybe it's going to go down in price. And still, Hayish Rabiosi and Rabiosi was worried, and he said, No, we're not allowed to set aside movable objects for a ktubah. Hacha, where she's mohelim, part of the ktubah, the vadaika pahata, it's mamash going down in price. How, how could you allow such a thing? So the Gemara explains, Hachiashta, what are you comparing? Hatam, when he's setting her aside movable objects, he didn't know that they're going to go down in in, in price. He didn't know they, she didn't know there was going to go down in value. So she could be more help or something like that. Meaning she never knew the, the the price range, what's going to happen now, what's going to happen in 20 years from now, that she should be more help or something like that. Haha, when they start the ketubah, and, she said, and it's going to be at a lower price than the average ketubah, she knew about this and she agreed to a lower price. And we end off with the story, the sister of Rami Barhama, she was married to Ravavia. She, she lost her ketubah. They came in front of Rav Yosef. This is what Rav Yudah said in Shmuel. Rabbi Meir holds that if you change the numbers in the ketubah, it's a it doesn't count. That's only Rabbi Meir. Meaning, if the ketubah is not a ketubah, you can't live together, it's be'alad znut, that's only Rabbi Meir. But Chachamim Omrim, Chachim say, Mashiach Adam et ishto shetayim v'shalosh anim belo ketubah. A person can live with his wife two, three years without a ketubah. Meaning, as long as they did kiddushin, they had a nice chupah, they didn't have to actually write the ketubah. Meaning, it's not a be'alad znut. So you don't have to worry. But Amar Le Abaye Abaye told Rav Yosef, Veha Amar Rav Nachman Amar Shmuel, didn't Rav Nachman say in the name of Shmuel, Halacha Kerebi Meir Begzerotav, that the Halacha is like Rabbi Meir whenever he makes a Gzerah, or whenever he's Mahmir on a Gzerah. So Rav Yosef said, Yahach, if that's the case, Zil Ketob, La, go write her a new Ketubah. And by the way, the, in Shulchan Aruch, Evan Heiser's uh, Siman Samechvav, the Halacha is like that, that if Ketubah got lost, you have to write a new Ketubah. A person's not allowed to stay with his wife even one hour without a ketubah. It happens a lot of times when things get lost. And if you look at the Meir, you look at the tour, they write a whole nosah, what exactly is supposed to be in a ketubah that got lost. We have a different nosah, very good. I look into it. It's called ketubah de'ir kesah. But we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.